Welcome to Talent Hub Talk. I'm Ben Duncan, and on this podcast, I will be interviewing prominent and inspirational figures from both the local ANZ and global Salesforce Ohana. In today's episode, I'm joined by Rui Fonseca. Rui is a Salesforce quote to cash practice lead based out of New Zealand. Rui shares his career journey and discusses some of the locations he has worked in over the years. We then delve into the world of CPQ, what first attracted him to this space, what makes it complex, and which skill sets are required on a project. Rui explains what has changed about CPQ since Salesforce acquired Steelbrick, which is actually a company he previously worked for, and then tells us what else comes under his quote-to-cash practice. We then discuss working and living in New Zealand and what makes it a great place for Salesforce professionals to live. I really hope you enjoy the episode, and if you do, please do subscribe for future episodes that are coming through. So, Rui, thank you so much for joining me. We're delving into the world of quote to cash and CPQ and your expertise today, so we'll go through all of that. But first and foremost, thank you very much for being on the show. Welcome. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. So, we'll we'll delve into all the uh, the exciting stuff looking around the Salesforce product and, and your journey, but I, I do really like to start with right back at the beginning and what did you want to do um, in your early career? What were your kind of aspirations and what did you end up doing when you first started in the workforce? Mm, oh, yeah, it's quite a long time back. So, yeah, I think I, I always had the kind of idea in terms of from an IT related career. So I just did kind of information engineering at university. And I think always the kind of business analyst was always like, I think, the first objective in terms of from a, a role point of view and like uh, yeah of course like at that time everyone was just dreaming of becoming a project manager or something like that so I think it was just aligned to <laughs> to that mindset as well okay and then when you got got kind of started in the IT world were you initially ABA was that kind of the first path you took yeah I think kind of uh, a lot of hands-on kind of work as well so you're kind of quite junior at that time and but I was quite lucky like in the beginning, I didn't end up actually working with like any programming language in itself. So at that time, kind of like case tools were quite in the hype at the time. So basically like a tool where you basically do configuration and you not do actually kind of any coding of any sort. And kind of the tools were having like an engine to generate that on the on the background and just to be able to implement applications around that. Uh, Isn't that Salesforce is selling uh, the platform as these days? Yeah, (laughs) quite similar. It was still a very, it was at the time, it was like kind of a client server type of approach. So, so yeah, it's quite, (laughs) quite old days, but yeah, already, I think with some concepts that's applicable to a lot of them these days. So, yeah. Sure. So I am, and I'm sure you are big around exploring new challenges and, and bringing people into the ecosystem because I know full well that in New Zealand you don't have enough people um, over there for, for the volume of jobs you have and, and it's the same here in Australia and, and you're someone that has traveled a lot with your career so you're from Portugal you've, you've worked in um, I believe London Dubai or Dubai first then London and now New Zealand so how, how have you benefited from doing that like going to different cultures and different cities and and experiencing kind of different ways of working. Yeah, it's quite. It's been quite a, a rewarding kind of path, I, I would say. 
So yeah, I've, I lived and worked in Portugal since like <laughs> until 2010. Uh, which kind of then like that opportunity of going kind of abroad came up. And yeah, I spent five days in, in Dubai first, which was quite a shift. It's a, a major cultural shift from like a, a Euro- European mindset to a Middle Eastern mindset, but at the same time, quite kind of rewarding because you end up kind of working with a lot of different people, different cultures and and like Dubai is a is a an, an expat city right mm-hmm. so <laughs> uh, you you end up like working with like either kind of other westerners as well as like local people people from kind of different different sides of the uh, of the globe so quite rewarding and uh, yeah quite also a challenge because yeah it was quite a <laughs> quite a change in terms of ways of working etc but it serves to experience a lot. And then like back in London, which again, it's also like London is a, a city of uh, kind of a multicultural city. So you end up basically coming back to the kind of the, the Western world, but still engaging with kind of uh, and seeing, still being able to work with people from various places in a very kind of dynamic kind of ecosystem from a professional world perspective. So yeah, and and now here in in New Zealand, so it has been quite a an awesome experience, and and I think from professionally, but also kind of personally, I think even from a kind of a family perspective, and I have like two daughters that have been able to experience all these differences uh, over their kind of childhood. <laughs> I think it's been quite rewarding. Yeah, nice. Yeah, we'll get on to New Zealand uh, towards the end because I'm keen to hear what you most enjoy about working and living there. But but to, to touch on um, now in the world of, of CPQ, and we had a, a kind of two-way conversation on, on LinkedIn because I put a post up around CPQ and uh, and I'd, I'd mentioned someone had, had referred to it as, well, obviously it's configure price quote, but but someone else had uh, referred to it as uh, causes people to quit. And I think that, that got a bit of uh, engagement on on LinkedIn. So I wanted to delve into this world and pick your brains because you really have been a specialist in this field for a number of years now. And obviously you've worked in, in London and, and you've worked in product companies and consulting and, and you've got quite a unique view on, on the, the world of CPQ. So what was it that first attracted you into being a, a CPQ specialist? Yeah, I think like CPQ has been around for quite a while now. I think now it's just being called CPQ kind of uh, recently, but even so, my background has always been all around kind of CRM, uh, so customer relationship management. So before Salesforce, I kind of worked a lot within Siebel CRM. And at the time, there was already kind of similar type of capabilities. It was not branded as like or called as CPQ, but there was already like things like product configuration and pricing logic, etc. So yeah, it's something that's been kind of been around for a while. I've always kind of had a lot of experience around that because it's always part of any if you're implementing any CRM tool from a sales process point of view, you end up having to deal with the, with the domain around CPQ because yeah, it's all about kind of that kind of sales process and kind of product catalogs and pricing and quoting and discounting etc. So. Yeah, it's been always an area that had a lot of attention from my end and and I always enjoyed a lot. So yeah, I think it was just a natural progression when that opportunity came in terms of joining Steelbrick at the time when I was in London. 
So yeah, it's been quite a <laughs> since then. It's been quite a an, an interesting ride, and 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 it's quite interesting to see also how kind of CPQ has evolved from a, a Salesforce ecosystem perspective. Yeah, and in in that sense, was that like a strategic move when you kind of saw the opportunity come up with Stillbrook that you knew that this market was was going to be kind of people short, and also there was going to be lots of opportunity, or has it just kind of evolved into that? No, it's just evolved into that. So from a Salesforce ecosystem point of view, it was definitely like something that everyone was basically talking about at the time. And like the opportunity came up and yeah, <laughs> I didn't I didn't even think twice. So I just kind of jumped on that. It was quite an interesting experience and and right at the time because so Stillbrick at the time was already quite big in the US. But it was still kind of ex- doing its first steps and start starting to expand from a, a Europe point of view. So yeah, it was kind of joining at the right time <laughs> within Europe, which kind of presented a, a lot of interesting kind of challenges and in, in engagements, etc. So yeah, nice. So what what does make a CPQ project complex? Like what are the considerations and and things that people need to be aware of? And and when you're starting a new CPQ project. Uh, what do you typically look to do just to kind of, as best you can, ensure success? Yeah, I think uh, CPQ is quite interesting because it's a bit different from the normal, any kind of typical Salesforce engagement. I think it's because of the nature of the product as well, in terms of how kind of the configuration of the actual product is all about. Because it's it's mainly, it's it's all like a data-driven configuration, opposed to the normal like metadata type of configuration that Salesforce typically leverages. So because you're playing with data, it's very pretty much around a lot of accuracy and and, and just making sure kind of it, it, because anything could kind of impact the the end result. So when thinking about some implementing something like CBQ, you definitely need to be kind of ensuring that Either from like a, a project team perspective, you're kind of ready, but that you're ready either for like if, if you're the kind of the partner implementing it, but from the customer side, there's also a lot of readiness that is required to ensure. Uh, otherwise, you you just end up on a almost like a an ongoing implement and refine, implement and refine, and you never kind of end up reaching anywhere. So, like. Requirements need to be properly in place. There's a, a lot of work that needs to be done from, for example, like a commercial kind of offering point of view in terms of the customer commercial offering, in terms of how the products should be structured, how the pricing will need to be kind of configured. So because all of that will be like the baseline for the whole functionality. So getting that first step right first time is quite critical. So you just need to ensure either from a, an implementation partner point of view as well as from the customer side, everything is just in place in order to allow for that first step to be successful. So you kind of need to either have all the information in place and all kind of the, the requirements in place, but all the right people as well, because you also want to leverage most as possible the standard capabilities of the of the product. And this independent of whatever CBQ you're using, either Salesforce CBQ or uh, or something else, you, you you want to 
kind of the implementation to be as much configuration driven instead of having to go to a custom approach so that you that you want definitely to avoid just to allow that kind of flexibility and, and scalability of the solution. So yeah, I think it, it, it's quite a, a lot of, a, a very good discovery is definitely one of the key things I always try to have in, in terms of any engagement so that you can prepare as much as possible to that first phase, which is definitely the, the critical from any engagement perspective. Yeah, that makes sense. And and I guess this, the, the answer to this will probably be that it varies. But when you are implementing Salesforce CPQ, uh, uh, customers typically using another CPQ product first and, and they're moving away from that or do they you know are they sometimes not that sophisticated and they've got uh, you know <laughs> that's an that's an interesting one because <laughs> i think you will be surprised by the number of customers that are still managing all of that from spreadsheets and it's not like small customers it's like big customers they're still driving all those processes from spreadsheets and not from an actual system um so I think the majority of the cases we end up finding is from customers who still have a very manual approach or have like a wonderful spreadsheet with these brilliant macros in place that drive all of that logic that you end up wanting to kind of replace with uh, with something more configuration driven and not that <laughs> not that custom. But yeah, but then I think the remaining would be like either customers which are on some other CPQ tool that they are not happy with, or a lot of them will still have like custom built solutions in, in some platform that are just driving that capability. You must see some real resistance from um, when, when you go into a customer and someone that has built that Excel spreadsheet, and they're the only one that knows how to, to, to fix the macros. And all of a sudden, you're offering to move across to this shiny new platform. They're, they've been building their role around that Excel spreadsheet for so long. I, th- I think a lot of them just feel some a sense of relief as well because it's just not, they they don't want to be the kind of the bottleneck for all of that constantly, right? So, <laughs> as you say, usually those spreadsheets have, have come up with like by someone's initiative uh, to build that just to to help, and that becomes the rule from a company point of view. But they then they get like the the single point of contact for that. So yeah, I think. There's always like there's different cases, but a lot of the times it's quite that sense of relief because they like finally they have something that can kind of replace what they've been kind of having to support and and, and manage across the business. So sure. Form building can be a tedious and complex process when collecting loads of data for enterprises. Solve this issue with ease through form assembly an all-in-one secure web form builder with a robust Salesforce integration. This seamless web-to-lead form building connection boasts features including sophisticated data collection, the option to pre-fill forms, create and update records, and more. Their advanced compliance standards offer prime solutions for companies in the government, FinServe, healthcare, non-profit, and higher education spaces. Visit www.formassembly.com forward slash talent hub to find out why FormAssembly is the number one enterprise form building platform for Salesforce and how it can be customized to fit the needs of your company. So uh, another question, I, I guess there's going to be lots of variations to, but it will depend on what you're implementing. But on a typical project, like for your CPQ team, what, what is that made up of? Because 
I guess in the, the broader ecosystem, we have like functional and technical and, you know, you'll have a developer and a functional consultant. And, and is that the same on a typical CPQ project, even though I know you do want to, to kind of keep it as, as much um, out of the box as possible? Yeah, definitely the functional needs to be there because it's the core of the of the work with CPQ. It's, it's a functional configuration. Uh, it's not that much technical. Of course, then depending on like, what are we trying to implement or kind of business requirements, et cetera. Sometimes you, you kind of need to, to have someone technical to, to come in and, and, and complement whatever will be necessary. But yeah, I think the core definitely is a functional profile and with kind of quite strong Salesforce knowledge as well, not only on CPQ, but across the board. And, and especially around sales cloud, and then being complemented by more technical profile if required. And, and of course, then all depends on things like you'll have integration with any other systems or things like that, that you may need to bring someone else with some, some other different type of skill set in order to complement that. But from a core kind of CPQ implementation perspective, yeah, definitely like the uh, the functional profiles will be the core for that kind of that hands-on type of role. Of course, like you'll like to complement that as much as possible as someone kind of that will be able to kind of understand in, in the whole kind of end-to-end solution. So most more from a solution architecture point of view, so that, that will be the case. So we've seen recently uh, like a slight increase in, in CPQ billing roles in, in Australia. But we, we haven't seen as many companies implementing billing as, as like just core CPQ. Like it hasn't always been CPQ and billing. It, it seems to be a bit of a bolt on that not everyone seems to go with. But would a traditional CPQ consultant, should they be able to do billing work as well? Is it quite straightforward uh, to pick up? It's an interesting one. So initially, so Salesforce billing also came through the Stillbrick acquisition. And I think early days, Salesforce billing was, you needed to have CPQ to have Salesforce billing in place as well. And kind of only recently they have been able to decouple that. And now you can use Salesforce billing from a multi-cloud point of view. So you don't need to have CPQ. You could have any other kind of uh, way of, as long as you can generate orders within Salesforce, you'll be able to build them through Salesforce billing. Um, So yeah, so that from a historic point of view, it has always been that very kind of tight alignment between CPQ and billing. And again, I think depends on, because the use case for CPQ is much more often than the, the use case for billing. And I think the, ma- the main use case for billing that, that comes up is like either if you, if you actually need to kind of a solution to handle billing and you don't, like, you don't have anything, or in, in most of the times is like customers already having some finance platform where they currently do their billing, but then because they are going into a more kind of recurring revenue type of approach, et cetera, and they kind of switch gears in terms of uh, subscription uh, models, which kind of require kind of very specific capabilities around subscription billing. And some of those legacy finance platforms don't, don't have that. So almost like Salesforce billing comes to kind of bridge that gap and to be able to address those specific use cases. So that's the, the reason why you kind of see much more look in terms of, kind of CPQ profile than billing profiles. But yeah, not every, because with wealth with CPQ is pretty much a conversation around your kind of end-to-end sales process. 
when it comes to billing, it's already kind of that bridge between sales and finance, right? So, which is awesome because bringing all of that, for example, within Salesforce, it kind of brings everyone to the same kind of platform. You end up almost like breaking because many times like salespeople and finance people do just working kind of silos and they typically work in different systems, different platforms as well. And kind of bringing billing into your kind of CRM kind of breaks a bit in terms of that separation, which kind of drives a lot of efficiencies and, and gains from a, from a business point of view. But yeah, but it's it's a different type of capability and different type of expertise because it already starts falling into kind of the finance side of it, which you basically need a bit more experience on 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 that side. But but yeah, I think from a historic point of view, typically see whoever is delivering billing also kind of delivers CPQ. But yeah, there's there's quite a bit a bit of gap there to to accommodate in order to kind of for a a good CPQ person to become also a good billing person. Yeah, interesting. And and obviously, uh, you mentioned you worked for Stillbrick before the, the Salesforce acquisition. So I guess you have quite a unique view on the product and how it has evolved since the acquisition. So mm-hmm. how, how do you see, like, where have Salesforce developed the tool? And um, where, where does it kind of position now compared to other CPQ tools and products in the market with some of the other big players? Yeah, it it definitely evolved, of course. So, kind of, Salesforce brought another, I think, another level of focus on 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 the tools, and kind of brought them to um, to become more aligned to the overall kind of platform capabilities. And I think one of the things that you've seen is that there has been a lot of kind of barriers that have been or kind of limits that have been uh, removed out of that just by in terms of optimizing the, the way that the platform was built with still brick definitely kind of things were always kind of evolving at a very fast pace and and with the acquisition they kind of continued so i think from a product capability point of view it it kind of kept the kind of the growth from a, a capability standpoint but i think it just brought that Kind of stability around platform just be- because it started to become Salesforce itself. So they kind of brought that to another level in terms of kind of scalability and performance, etc. Which I-, I think, from a historic point of view, there was a bit of that view that uh, before kind of Salesforce acquisition, there was all a lot of that view that kind of Stillbrick was not meant for kind of enterprise great customers. So other options will be there. But I think that's nowadays like kind of Salesforce CBQ, Salesforce billing, you can kind of apply that either to kind of a, a, a small customer or kind of a, an enterprise grade customer, as long as the, the use cases kind of make sense, the platform is there and can and can cover them. Sure. And and we we've touched on obviously CBQ is has been the kind of main theme throughout the, the conversation. But your your title is actually you leave the quote to cash practice within Devanti. So what else comes under quote to cash? I think it's it's all that like if we bring billing into the loop, it's all that sales finance kind of process that end to end thing from like identification of of a possible deal until you get actually kind of you collect the revenue out of that. So that's that whole end to end process that covers that quote to cash kind of process. I think beyond. Kind of the revenue cloud platforms. There's a lot of stuff that complement that. For example, like uh, document generation capabilities, like well, with the likes of kind of DocuSign and Conga, 
for kind of more elaborate kind of contract lifecycle management capabilities. So all of that still falls within the quota cash space. So like it's it's just a kind of a question to leverage additional capabilities that are there from an app exchange point of view that can kind of enhance and and, and complement the the capabilities already there from a revenue cloud point of view. And then there's things like, for example, like B2B commerce where you already have like connectors to to CPQ in order for you to be able to kind of capture those quotes and orders from a commerce perspective. So yeah, I think all falls into that kind of sales and kind of finance space, but pretty much focused on the kind of the customer engagement perspective, because even with billing in place, you still need to have like, typically the customers will still need to have like an actual finance platform to handle things like accounting and general ledgers and all of that. But yeah, but all that with, with something like, Revenue Cloud, you'll be able to kind of encompass everything from a customer engagement point of view, from kind of from the, the start of the engagement with identification of a, a potential lead into the actual kind of nurture of that relationship and in in kind of keep basically uh, managing to keep the customer um, happy in, in terms of the relation with a with that specific customer that has that leverages Revenue Cloud for it. You would see customers potentially have like financial force and billing. Using both, I think, depends on what you're implementing financial force for, because I know that kind of financial force also has some billing capabilities where like you, you typically see them competing in, in some in some instances. But yeah, if if it's something like more like a financial force as a as an area in terms of managing actual kind of projects so it's more like a workforce management type of thing and you'll be able to manage that that type of process that could be a complement to what kind of or billing can can cover and but yeah i think they they still compete a bit there uh, from a billing capability itself sure now um, we, we all know the salesforce market is short of quality and experienced resources um, and i think n- none uh, no area more so than, than cpq right now so when you're looking for talent and, and are there creative ways that you can kind of expand your pool? So have you found there are, you know, backgrounds that people transition well from into CPQ or skill sets that you've, you've seen people kind of be able to pick up CPQ quickly? So I think if you have a, a already kind of a, a solid kind of Salesforce functional background and kind of quite experienced on, on the sales cloud side, um, definitely a good candidate for that. Of course, kind of CBQ requires a bit of a, a change in in the way that things are kind of implemented and how you handle that. But if we want to explore something uh, kind of outside of the Salesforce ecosystem, uh, I think like resources that have been uh, working on kind of other with other platforms around the same kind of context in terms of like product catalogs and product configuration, pricing, et cetera. Just like the like the example I was making before around the Siebel, the Siebel side. Like there's a lot of ex-Siebel people that come into the into the Salesforce world that have kind of become quite successful from a, a CPQ perspective as well. Because like if they have that background from a product configuration, pricing, et cetera, I think all those concepts are kind of still valid. Uh, when when thinking about CBQ, so yeah, it's not <laughs> it's not an uh, easy to find kind of good resources around that definitely, but yeah. 
they do exist. Or the, there are transitions that can be made, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So you, uh, you've you been living in New Zealand now for a few years, and I know uh, you would love more CPQ people in New Zealand, I'm sure. So what, what do you most enjoy about New Zealand compared to where you've been before? I think, like, of course, people in, in the country itself always felt very welcomed here by kind of everyone in, in it's a very kind of welcoming country i would say also i think even now like especially now now seeing what what has happened with covid definitely in the right place of the world at the time but yeah i think it's definitely like a country where you can kind of meet kind of a good sense of either from a professional work as well as a kind of a, a personal work so a very good kind of balance between the between the two and in kind of very high quality standards around around all of that so yeah i definitely would recommend to anyone but yeah we've been definitely enjoying it kind of ourselves as as kiwis already but yeah yeah nice well hopefully people will be listening to this and uh, and they want to to come over because i know like australia we, we need more good people so look, if anyone wants to reach out and, and pick your brains on anything, quote to cash or, or anything that you've discussed today, where's the best place to, to find you? Just, I think the easiest will always be LinkedIn, right? And I'm kind of happy to everyone kind of to reach out and if not already a connection, just kind of add me as a connection and, and just ping me through kind of direct message. I'm happy to kind of revert back. So yeah, kind of share a bit of kind of experience and, and even if it's just anything I could help on. I'm happy to do that. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and experience in this space. And yeah, hopefully we'll see more and more talent coming into the CPQ world and, yeah. and see how the space evolves. So thank you very much. Fingers crossed, because I think there's still plenty to be done around this region. So yeah, quite an exciting area to focus on. So yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you and all the best. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talent Hub Talk. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd love it if you could subscribe and also leave a short review. Um, We're keen for this podcast to reach as many people in the Salesforce ecosystem as possible, and your reviews will help us do that.